Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. This is a very special show. If you tuned in last week, you heard My Recovery Journey Part 1. And in My Recovery Journey Part 1, we explored uh, what it was like for a young person like myself who struggled with uh, addiction and a life of uh, crime and great challenge. Um, and I just broke down some of the uh, experiences that I had. And one of the primary focuses of where we started, for those of you who didn't listen to that first episode, and I know you'll go back and listen to it, whether it's on the podcast or watch it on YouTube, um, where we started was this idea that the primordial cause of disease is forgetting who, we, who you are. And I shared some of those moments in my life where I really forgot who I was and, and the pain and suffering that came from that. And that's related to uh, addiction and some of the harmful behavior in, in my life. And, and we journeyed from, you know, me being born in Saskatchewan, growing up, uh, playing basketball, getting hurt, being injured, um, depression, um, how that really fed into addiction, uh, criminal behavior, um, and then becoming popular as a DJ and musician and the challenges that came along uh, with that and uh, failed marriage. This is a, a recap. You know, like when you watch a show last week on My Recovery Journey, um, just giving you a little background in case you forgot or haven't uh, heard or listened to it, um, and uh, how I wound up in Vancouver um, after a failed marriage and going back to some pretty heavy uh, partying and harmful uh, lifestyle behavior. So we'll pick up this episode with me arriving in Vancouver with a girl that I had met for a very short period of time when I was on the rebound from a failed marriage and uh, how my mom suggested that I move to the coast with her even though she uh, wasn't really a fan of her. She had seen a psychic and had received a message in meditation and the message in meditation said you have to move to the coast talking about her son and uh, you will have success in teaching meditation and yoga and you'll be a healer for people and I, that's really deep down underneath all of my um, harmful behavior that's really what i wanted i could hear that inner call and and those of you who've listened to my work you've heard me say that i've always felt this underneath voice this inner knower uh, guiding me towards spirituality healing work recovery work uh, but I wasn't ready to listen. But I did just for a moment listen via my mom. And so I did move out to the coast with this uh, person. And that's where we left our last episode. So this is our part two of my recovery journey. Before we get into it, I would love to thank our sponsors. Thank you, Seed Apparel, for always being a great sponsor for the work that we do. Seed Apparel makes hemp pants grown in Canada, designed in Cochrane, Alberta, super stylish, um, environmentally responsible, socially responsible company. So thankful for the support that they've given us through the year. So thank you, Seed. Please check out Seed at theseedstore.ca or imseed on Instagram. Also, big shout out to The Mind's Dye. The Mind's Dye makes a lot of the Destars. When you see me wearing the, the tie-dyed or the hand-dyed Destars or hoodies or those sort of things that I uh, often rock, they all come from Mind's Dye. They're custom. They're hand-dyed. She's an incredibly delightful person, inspiring person. Her brother is also a dear friend and a sing and a yogi. 
And uh, I'm so thankful for all the love and support from Minds Die. So please check out the Minds Die. You can find them on Instagram or go to the Etsy store and get yourself a custom dyed whatever you want. The bed sets are, are really dope. Um, and let them know that Tiaga Prem Singh sent you. Okay. Um, if you love the show, if you're listening on audio, if you love the show, please rate us, review us, share us with your friends. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, and share our work with your friends. That really means a lot. We appreciate it. Follow me on Instagram at Tiago Prem Singh and the Dharma Temple. And uh, yeah, I, lo I love you all and I'm so grateful for you all. If, if you would like to work closer to me, then the best way to do that is to become a member of Truth Seekers Union. Truth Seekers Union is a support group. It's a recovery group. It's a study group. It's a spiritual community. Uh, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. We meet for an hour. We talk about a specific topic. There's a topic for the month. Each session is guided by myself. Everyone has the opportunity to share if they want. You're never obligated to, just encouraged to. Some people keep their camera off and don't say much. Other people are really involved in the conversation, and it's completely up to you how you want to be involved. And then there's also an option to get more support in the in the realm of sadhana spiritual guidance uh, recovery counseling that kind of thing so all the information you need is at uh, trueseekersunion.ca and if you have more questions you can always drop a comment in the youtube or send me an email or send me a message on instagram uh, you you can find me i'm out there the white lion i'm i'm hard to miss i i stand out and i'm i'm learning to you know be strong and steady in that with a loving heart so thank you everybody uh, for listening to this intro and without further ado let's get into my recovery journey part two right here on revealing the diamond all right so i arrive uh back in uh, or back i arrive in vancouver um with this uh new girlfriend and she's a little different than maybe people who i you know i had previously been married someone who was a tattoo artist and and pretty like tough, you know, and um, I wound up with dating this girl who's very, you know, um, she's beautiful, but she, not but, let's restart that. <laughs> she's beautiful and she is very like dainty and she wants somebody to really take care of her. And, you know, that's Oh, wonderful but a broken man who's confused about who he is is not necessarily the man for the job and so i hope i sincerely hope that wherever she is that she has found uh whatever it is that she's looking for that she's prosperous that she's held and uh i apologize for any uh, harm that i may have caused just in case this ever came across your path um because it's really, a, this is about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about my harmful uh, relationship to the world because of a, a lack of self-acceptance in my own self. And so I'm working hard in my spiritual work to dismantle the wall of blame and to be liberated from any kind of finger pointing. So I came out here with this person and not knowing would it work out would it what am i even doing like what am i going to do in vancouver uh, my mom's saying you're going to teach and practice i hadn't taught and practiced for some time because i was on this bender 
Um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to get back to Vancouver. I'm going to commit and I'm going to see what happens. And so I send out a bunch of resumes and I go in to see different places of meditation, yoga, spiritual centers to see, you know, if somebody would give me a chance to share. And so I was able to get a position at a little yoga center just off commercial drive here in Vancouver. And, um, they took a chance on me and they gave me an opportunity to teach there. And I, I wanted to take my knowledge of music, specifically reggae music, but I, I loved hip hop and still do big time. But my take some of my skills as a DJ and introduce them into the realm of doing yoga postures. And so I started up a thing called One Love Yoga. And it was, I would pre-mix the uh, music for the class and then um, it would happen on Wednesday evenings. And on the Wednesday evenings, uh, people would come and I would play the uh, soundtrack of good conscious reggae music. And then we would move and exercise and I would start to find my voice as a, a person who was delivering spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge. And I got a job at the uh, local grocery store in, in Kitsilano here in Vancouver, uh, where I met one of my oldest friends. Well, two of my oldest friends I, I met there. Um, both I'm still friends with today. Uh, shout out Aaron Ash and shout out a Andrew Clements, two uh, beautiful yogis who really supported me at the beginning of my time here. And so I, I did. I taught. I had an opportunity to taught to teach. And then I had a lot of pressure from this person that I moved out here with to be more like the person I was when we met. So you have to remember that, just to put this into context, when we first met each other, that was when I was on my bender. I was like rocking the parties, jumping off the stage, you know, into the crowd, drinking tons of vodka. We used to drink the stuff that we called crunk juice that we learned from some of the hip hop artists in the United States where you would drink a pint glass of Hennessy and Red Bull. Believe me, nothing good happens after that. <laughs> At the time, that was supposed to be the point though, right? So I was seen as this like super flashy, like cool guy, knows everybody, just like taking drugs, getting hammered, rocking the parties, super cool. And then we get out to the coast and I don't want to do that. I just want to teach yoga and work at the grocery store. And <laughs> that's like a different person, you know, and, and also not being open, you know, not having the capacity to be open about my struggle, just keeping up appearances. And so it put a lot of tension on our living condition. And, and by the way, like, you know, I was used to money in my pocket, like go rock, rock the show, get a bunch of cash in your pocket it would last you for a week to eat what you want, buy sneakers, records, and then, you know, get high, do your thing, spend it all, come back, do it again the next week. So when I got here and I was working for, uh, not very much money, you know, working at a grocery store and working, teaching a yoga class a week. I was really struggling to, to get by eating like $2 pizza or whatever Vancouver special. But I was trying and it was a step in a dharmic di direction for me, a step towards my purpose. And we would, you know, 
we would be all good and she would work and I would work and we would be fine. And then we would just pretend that everything's cool. And then we would go out and get annihilated because that's what you do for fun in, in that sort of lifestyle, uh, intoxicated. And then we'd have these like massive blowout fights and it was really, uh, toxic for the most part. Then uh, something incredible happened. So when I was living back in, uh, I mentioned in the previous episode how I, my friend Kirby Criddle took me to that first yoga class and I did a yoga training. So I did a yoga training with a woman who uh, taught Jiva Mukti yoga. Some of y'all may, may have heard of it before. I think I mentioned it in the last episode. Taught Jiva Mukti yoga. And uh, she gave me a lot of guidance, introduced me to some incredible people, some incredible teachers and spiritual teachers and Sanskrit scholars and really like helped me to put my feet on the path of, of exploring yoga and spirituality. And she had given me a photograph of her teachers, David Life and Sharon Gannon and herself. And then there was a random other person in the photo that I didn't know and she said I know it's kind of weird that they're in the photo but you know it's a great photo if you wanted to have it for your altar or something you could have it and so I carried this photo with me while I was teaching in Saskatchewan and then even had it like tucked away somewhere in my secret meditation zone while I was on my bender time in in, in Calgary and then brought it back out with me to Vancouver and then um I I had met some people. Oh, this is this is where we'll go. Kind of got wrapped up in the time warp there for a sec. So what had happened is is that I had this photograph and it was sitting there and I would, you know, give thanks to my teachers in the morning and whenever I was able to whenever I was not hungover kind of thing. And um then the One Love Yoga thing at this tiny little yoga studio started to really take off. And it was a tiny little room, much like the room I'm in now. You could probably fit 12 people in inside the room. And it got really busy. It got so busy that I had to stand on the outside of the room and just sort of tell people what to do from the hallway. This is uh, the world before COVID. <laughs> and uh, so it w became quite popular. And there was some older, older, older than me, like, you know, kind of my age now, like late 30s, early 40s, uh, people who would come. And one of them had, you know, tat tattoos from his neck all the way down. And the other guy was like six foot six. And they really stood out. And, and they kept bringing a lot of people to the, to the classes. And uh, they said, you know, you've got to meet this person up in Whistler. Um, you're going to love her. You remind us of her. Uh, we go up there every Thursday night to see her. Let's, let's, would you like to come? And I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is what I need, right? I need some conscious friends that'll help me to manage this, you know, du dual life that was really weighed down with like party friends. And so I agreed uh, to go up with them on the, the following Thursday and so we drove up there and we went to a class and we met this beautiful uh, person named Tina James. And uh, she's originally from the UK. Um, they had told me a lot of stories about her on the way there, that she'd climbed Everest. 
Uh, she had been a gladiator on the UK TV show. You know, like in when I was growing up, there was this show called American Gladiator. And it was called American Gladiator. Some of y'all may remember it. Others, I may just be dating myself. I think there's a newer version of it, kind of like American Ninja or something. I'm not really sure. But she was on the original version, Gladiator. And uh, she, you know, had lived this incredible life. She's on the ski patrol. She climbed Everest in the Himalayas. She's an animal rights activist. She's gone and freed animals in captivity. And, you, and you're just going to love her. And so uh, I got there, I sat with this woman for a class and she played harmonium and she chanted beautiful chants. And I was just like, so incredibly moved by her. And we connected instantly, like mother and son sort of a vibe. And so um, we, she kind of asked a lot of questions. And, and then it dawns on me that this photograph that I've had on my altar for all of these years while I'm messing up my life, the fourth person in the photograph is her. And it just like, poof, my mind is blown and I, I just can't believe it. And this is the where I'm starting to get the, I'm starting to listen a little more to the inner knower, to the inner guide. And so I go up every Thursday as much as I can and connecting with her and and just like dedicated, like, doesn't really matter to me that much if I make it to a yoga class in Vancouver at the time, but if I can be sit with Tina, I'll go, I'll drive, I'll take the Greyhound, like let's make this happen. And we developed a relationship and she provided me with an opportunity to teach in her space. And so I told uh, my then live-in uh, girlfriend at the time that I was going to live in Whistler um, and I would come back to the city um, maybe on the weekends or like four days on, three days off. And she wasn't too keen on that, but it was probably healthy for our relationships because I had this different lifestyle and it would allow me to really focus in on my practice. And um, yeah, I wasn't, I was, things were going pretty well. I was easing off from my uh, substance abuse and I had this unique opportunities to be in the mountains, to be with this beautiful teacher and to really hone my skills teaching. And then it's around that time that I, I met uh, my current partner, Sarah Jade. She worked uh, in and taught in the same studio where I was doing the one love thing. And, you know, we, she loved music and she's very beautiful. And we would kind of chat and, and uh, she was like, oh, you live in Whistler. And you, I would come down and teach my once a week thing at, um, at the small studio on the drive, Unity Yoga. Anyhow, I go up there. Things are great. My friends who would come with me, with me on Thursdays would come up and visit. A student gave me a place to live. I was living in this big house all by myself um, because they weren't, uh, they weren't around. Like They would come up on the weekends or something like that, and then I would come down to the city. It's been a while, so it's a little bit uh, hazy. And then one day, I'm like, this is great. You know, Maybe I'll just move up here, teach here full time, be with Tina, and life is good. Her teachers, David Life and Sharon Gannon, came up. We got to connect with them, and I started, you know, making this beautiful relationship with nature and with yoga, and uh, doing some Ashtanga yoga. She's really into that, and so my body was feeling strong. And you know, studying Bhagavad Gita and learning, and, and just like feeling so like, ah, oh, yeah, this is what I've been searching for. And then 
something happens, right? Something happens where you are, your faith is tested or you, uh, you, the questions come, right? Maya, Maya, the illusion of separateness, the doubt is going to come in and you'll have an opportunity to grow. And these opportunities for growth can be very painful. And this one came in the form of, um, I had just finished teaching at the studio in Whistler and I left that night and I went with a friend of mine down to the lake where the studio was. We'd locked everything up and we were going to uh, smoke a little ganja. And so we went to smoke a little ganja and then we were walking back up. We walked by the studio and the lights were on. And I was like, wait a minute here. Am I tripping out or what's going on? And we walked even closer and at the hotel, all the doors where the yoga studio was were chained shut and i was like uh okay i did lock everything up what the heck is going on here and so i got on the phone with tina and i was like this is like pashamati is her uh, spiritual name and i was saying you know like this is what's going on and to make a long story short uh, the problem was is that there the person who was running that hotel uh, was embezzling money or running the hotel uh, in an illegal manner and everything was shut down the studio was shut down and it was a huge mess and I remember saying to Tina like what am I gonna do like I want to stay up here I want to be with you and it was kind of like well you could get a job at a restaurant or drive a taxi and I was just like I want to teach like I want to keep going in this direction things are going so well and I was really perplexed and I didn't want to live with in the living situation that I had down in the city because I knew where that was going. And so when I was back in the city teaching, I shared with my new friend, Sarah Jade, down in the studio that I was struggling and I could sure use, uh, I need to teach, I need to make some money, find somewhere to live. And so she made a generous offer to help me find places to teach and connect with people. And, you know, big healing from where I was at, as you all remember from the previous episode, but just like a little bit of instability. So I came back and I told my uh, partner at the time that I couldn't do that, do it anymore. We couldn't be together and I had nowhere to go. Um, I was just going to figure it out. And she didn't take that very well. She got really uh, angry and, you know, for good reason. And people process their emotions in the way they do. And uh, I was going to figure it out. And I even spoke to the woman at the small yoga studio who had, I, who had developed a loving relationship with me in the work that I'd been doing there, especially since class had been successful, if I could sleep on the floor of the yoga center. And so I did. I slept on the floor of the yoga center and I taught. I worked at the grocery store and did my best to, to show up um, and started developing a close relationship with uh, Sarah Jade. And then around that time, I had another opportunity to move and teach at another center. I met a woman who was starting this place called Yoga for the People uh, in the Gastown area of Vancouver. If y'all are familiar with the Gastown area in Vancouver, like a downtown area. And sh she was from LA. I shared my vision about one, one love and how it, one love yoga and how it, uh, kind of had outgrown this tiny room and, and could we move it down there? And she said, yeah, let's do it. Let's move it down there. And so we did. 
and things started moving along quite well there and that started gaining popularity we had djs come in that i knew from my club life and we would you know had the police coming <laughs> to, to shut down the party like it was really lively and uh, it was a lot of fun and i was you know connected with ashtanga people here and i was creating this relationship with my uh, my new friend sarah jade and things were were moving along pretty good and and you know staying relatively clean and and sober not going to meetings recovery or anything like that just practicing and it was around that time that um i started teaching more and more and watching this uh prediction that came from one of my mom's uh psychics and friends i started seeing like almost kind of like being outside of myself and watching what i was doing and being like i can do this like this is what i'm here to do i'm here to to teach i'm here to inspire and uh let's let's do this you know and so things were getting more popular i was teaching more i was connecting more i started dating sarah jade and uh pretty soon after you know we were spending every minute of every day together we were practicing together we were doing yoga together we were meditating together and we were uh, partying a bit together but it wasn't uh, as reckless maybe as it had once uh, been for me personally but as an addict there's always a slippery slope right and and again not being really open about my experience because i hadn't done that just kind of go, like things are good now so let's just hope for the best you know that kind of thing and uh todd moore taught at more centers um and wasn't really djing too much or anything like that and then uh, I started having some opportunities being presented to share music and I loved sharing music. So I started to uh, venture out into that uh, world a little more, playing here and there, trying to keep it conscious and, um, you know, newly in love. And uh, yeah, that uh, a friend of mine from Saskatoon, Ryan Lear, shout out Ryan Lear, those of you who know him. Um, our friends who owned the Yoga for the People asked if I would like to partner, Sarah Jade and I would like to partner and, and get involved in their yoga center. And uh, I wasn't ready to do that at the time. So I said no. And they said, do you know anybody who would? And I said, yeah, my friend Ryan Lear would probably be keen. And so they met. And long story short, they hit it off. And there was a merger and Yoga for the People and One Yoga merged. And that's where One Yoga is, you know today i know it's sort of a strange time but uh and you know met a lot of great friends through there when yoga and did some incredible uh classes through there and really those were some really positive times a time times of love times of spiritual growth and times of sharing music and uh yeah it was a, it was a beautiful time and then uh i had a one of the greatest surprises of my life and that great surprise was that uh, we were going to have a baby, a little baby. We didn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And one of the great uh, things that Sarah J did for me is she presented me at a dinner with a set of headphones. And she said, you know, I want you to keep doing what you love, um, but I also want you to know that I'm, I'm pregnant. And, you know, what do you think? Like, 
want to be a family. <laughs> Those weren't the exact words, but, and, uh, I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I do for sure. Like, I just remember that moment. I remember feeling so happy. Um, and off we went into this new life. And so we, we had a, our little baby and I had always wanted to travel and go to Asia. I had never gone to Asia. So as new parents, we, you know, we went to Thailand, which was amazing. We took a group of students to Thailand, which was amazing. Um, and things were just a dream. And at the same time, I was starting to play some music here and there, starting to do some late night uh, action. And here's the thing about an addict, and some of you can probably relate to this, is that the whole like, oh, I'll just have a drink or two, uh, that doesn't exist. If I if I have a drink or two, that's going to become a whole episode. And so, as young parents, there was that was happening for me. But I still would anchor into my spiritual practice, and then I'd have these moments of, you know, just not coming home when I said I would, um, getting into trouble, not being there uh, present in the way that I uh, could as a, as a father uh, and as a partner, just, and it's a slippery slope, you know, and, and then an opportunity came along for us to, uh, oh, I, let's circle back. Um, around that time, I, you know, I was noticing some unhealthy patterns and habits and, um, I was having a conversation with my mom. She's my mom is often there when I'm about to make a, a important transition in my life. So shout out to my mom for being there for me um, in the later years of my life in, 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 at these pivotal moments and for being a listening ear. It means the world. So I had said to her, you know, I I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to change my life. I feel like I'm slipping back into old patterns. And she said, if you could do anything, what would you do? You know, what, great question. Like, I'll ask you the question. If, you, if you're struggling right now and, and you're, you know, wondering where to turn and what to do, I would ask you the question, like, okay, what's one thing that if there was no, money wasn't an object, COVID wasn't an object, you could just like make the decision right now to do something that would, you know, speak to your soul's calling, what would you do? Maybe you could reflect on that and think about it uh, as you go through the week. But my thing was, I said, I would really love to study with this teacher named uh, Sri Dharma Mitra. And she was like, well, what does it take to do that? And I said, to be honest, I don't know. I've just been looking at this book uh, in the yoga studio and um, of him doing amazing postures, right? I was really into the postures of yoga at the time. And so she said, well, why don't you look into it and see what it would take? Turns out you got to go to New York um, and apply to get into this training. And, and so I did that and she helped me make that a possibility and I went and I studied with Dharma and I did for years and um, at the start it was amazing for me because it really started to transform my body I, I did things I could I never dreamed that this body would do um, just incredible feats of strength and flexibility and uh, he would also introduce me to other areas of uh, practice that were really meaningful to me that I hadn't explored in such depth 
spirituality, pranayama, meditation, that kind of thing. And so it was it was a beautiful time. This is all in the time when things are really um, abundant and prosperous for this young family. But as this is happening, as I'm studying with Dharma, I'm, I'm getting into, oh, I'm DJing a little bit more, and I'm drinking a little bit more, and I'm taking drugs a little bit more. And But don't worry, I'm, as long as I do my physical asanas and I'm putting keeping up appearances, then I'm doing a good job. Really uh, superficial. Um, but still a genuine desire and uh, d- to you know be reverent. But there's this other guy who's hanging around, you know, the, this old the addict that he, he comes to hang with. And I haven't made peace with him yet at this point. I'm, I'm working on it. It's a long process. I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of trips to New York where just like at the end of the training, like just get hammered and sleep on a park bench or uh, just get into get into trouble and um you know it it was causing a lot of pain in in my life and in the life of my young family and i was doing everything i can to like be this like kind and and considerate and loving and inspiring teacher and then also be like cool and and the party guy who you know and and this like superman complex of like oh yeah i can look look how special i am i can stay out and like drink and take drugs all night and still get up in the morning and teach my class and do my practice. Aren't I special? Like, look at me. (laughs) Bizarre, but a reality (laughs) and a truth nonetheless. And um, yeah, that we had this opportunity come along where these students who, who had been coming to my classes said, hey, you know what? We want to open this yoga center and we would love it if uh, you would be the director and if you would be involved in, in it. And and we have unlimited resources. My my partner has a lot of money. Like, let's make something really special. Are you down? And I was pretty convincing to SJ saying, like, we should do this. Like, wait, there's unlimited resources. What could go wrong? Like, let's do it. And uh, she's sort of like, she's more intuitive than I am. I, I'm more impulsive. And she was like, I don't know if we should do that. Like, let's see. And I was like, no, let's go. Let's do it. And so head, we went head first into starting this new uh, space for practice. And a lot of beauty came out of it. You know, we created a strong Dharma yoga community. We brought Sri Dharma Mitra out here. Uh, we really, you know, were inspired by the people around us to to continue to grow together. And at the same time, I'm dealing with my addiction and and we're doing our best to keep it hidden from uh, the public. And, but the, how long is that gonna last? And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like I need to be a solid foundation uh, for my partner, for my daughter, for this community otherwise i'm gonna lose everything like i just had that feeling and and so while we're in, involved in this new studio um you know i'm me- screwing up and trying to do better and doing things like i'll i won't drink uh, i'll i'll go and play a show at night and i'll only drink green tea 
I'll go and play a show tonight and I'll only have two drinks. I'll go and play a show tonight because I want to keep playing shows, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep it together. And I, I couldn't do it. And it was putting a lot of strain on my life. Then, meanwhile, what's happening is, is that we're having some challenges with the business uh, partners uh, of the center that is meant to be a healing center. And, you know, my challenges, and they're having their challenges and their relationship, and it's just so much, like a powder keg, so much pressure, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and because I'm not, I'm not r real stable at this time, um, instead of facing the, the stress and instead of really looking at the problems and leaning into my spirituality and leaning into my practice, I go to old reliable and things are getting worse for me. Drinking, drugs, partying, and all while I've got a young family. And I get to the point where, you know, my partner says, look, you either stop or get out. And that's a heavy moment. Now, I, I could feel it in me like this is not how I want to be. This is not how I want to live. And around this time, I, am, uh, con I connect with, oh, no, I'm reminded by a friend. I mentioned him earlier in this episode, Aaron Ash. Uh, he was uh, he worked at a great raw vegan restaurant here, and he owned a great raw vegan restaurant in town called Gorilla Food. And uh, he was one of my first friends when I came out here. Beautiful yogi, beautiful man. Love him so much. Uh, we shared some just by uh, some kind of like serendipity. We shared some old friends from in Saskatchewan. He was also originally from Saskatchewan. And he had been the uh, personal chef for Mike D. And he knew David Life and Sharon Gannon from Jiva Mukti and Bhagavan Das, who, is, who turned me on to yoga which I've shared in other episodes. Um, anyways, he, he had said for years, if you ever get a chance to meet this guy, Guru Singh, uh, I highly recommend that you meet this character, Guru Singh. He reminds me of you. You would love him. Make sure you go. Now, um, while all of this is happening, uh, the challenges in, in my life and that sort of thing, uh, my partner has been practicing kundalini yoga. And, you know, I was like, no, I do my dharma yoga. Like, it's all got all these fancy poses. And as long as I can do my fancy poses, then I'm good. You know, I'm taking care of ego, <laughs> egomaniac problems. And, um, you know, she was like, well, maybe you could try it. And you could come over to Yoga West. And, like, there's this guy, Hari Singh, and you might like him. He's like an old timer, and I know you like that. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. And, and I went to some of the classes, and it felt pretty good, you know. Um, and then she, uh, I hear that this guy, Guru, Guru Singh, is coming uh, to Yoga West. And, and my partner says, you know, like, let's go to this Guru Singh thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, let's go. And so we make a decision that we're going to go. And this is around the time where things are not good for me in my life and I'm losing my grip and I can feel this old person coming out and there's a lot of pain and confusion and doubt and 
And so we go to a birthday party of my daughter's uh, good little friend before the uh, workshop with Guru Singh. And I'm having a couple drinks, you know, just a couple, no, no big deal like that story uh, before the workshop with Guru Singh. And so when I get there, I got a little bit of a, a buzz on and uh, we go in and I'm thinking, you know, we're just going to do some exercises and stretches and it might be cool and then we can kind of move on move on and go on to the next thing and uh i was mesmerized when i went in there like i was like i could see myself in him where i was like i this is part of my story like who i'm being called to be and I think he talked for like three hours. Those of you all who know uh, Guru Singh, you know the man can talk. And uh, I was just so moved. Uh, you know, I think I, I cried. I I hadn't felt like that since that that morning when I tried doing the vinyasa yoga for the first time for years ago when I was in a rough spot. And I didn't know what I was really looking for with him, but I reached out to him after that and I said to him, uh, via email i said i was in your class when you were in vancouver here's my background i'm not really sure what i'm asking but like can you help me basically is what i said and he said yeah let's you know let's have a call let's talk about life and let's see like where where do we go from here kind of thing and so i arranged the call and Unbeknownst to me, uh, my wife uh, or, or partner, SJ, she had said to my sister that at that workshop that this man is going to be a great, you know, he's going to save our marriage, our relationship. Uh, and that's what she had said, which is a pretty interesting thing to say. You know, it's a pretty adamant, <laughs> like channeled statement. And uh, so then when I said, I'm going to create this relationship with him, she thought, oh, that's a great idea. And uh, so I arranged to have this call with Guru Singh. And we get on the call and I, I kind of break down. I'll leave out the details about my addiction because I'm keeping up appearances. That's what it's all about right now at this time. And so I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I know. Oh, check out my intellectual accolades in the study of religion and, and the teachers I've studied with and the thing, the postures I can do and, you know, just putting uh, up a front. But I'm open about the challenge in my business relationship at the studio that we started. I'm open about that. And right out of the gate with him, he says, you need to leave that business relationship and you need to leave now and uh, we'll f you know we'll figure it out from there and so I talked to SJ and I you know I said this is what we're going to do and the whole thing was like well what if there's legal repercussions and it was like we'll figure it out like we just we gotta go and she was like okay let's do it and so we packed up our stuff and we left and there was legal ramifications and there were challenges that came along uh, with that. Um, but it was some of the best advice I've ever received. And we, I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to really keep at it with my sobriety and my recovery. And I don't want to drink anymore. And like, let's, 
let's go for it kind of thing. And I just a little precursor. It's not, that's not how it unfolds. <laughs> it's not like I'm like, and I'm not going to drink it anymore. And then I just do Kundalini yoga and everything's fine. And we, it's not it. This is a, a, a catalyst, a moment in time where I can see myself. You know, we talked about those times when I forgot myself. This is a moment in time where I can see myself. And it's through being in the presence of somebody who can see me. And um, I'm, I'm like officially can feel in me during this time period of my life where I'm like, I'm ready. I'm, I, I, before I knew this isn't for me and now like the drinking and the addiction. Now I'm like, I'm ready to unravel some of those harmful behaviors. And it doesn't happen like this. It takes time. You know, remember that while this is happening, my daughter is very young, like a toddler. And now she's like almost as tall as her mom. So a lot happens in the next little bit. But I think that's a good place to end. Uh, we've left the pre we've left the old studio in Vancouver. I've uh, developed this relationship with Guru Singh. I've been drinking and trying to manage these two lives and just about destroyed my marriage and my opportunity to be a parent. And then I meet this teacher uh, who's a Sikh and a Kundalini Yogi and things are about to take a big change. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Revealing the Diamond. Uh, it's such a great honor to be able to share uh, my story. If you love what we do, please share it with your friends. Uh, rate us, review us, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, if you'd like to get more involved in the work we do and, and share in the explorations in consciousness, spirituality, meditation, living a Dharma, Buddhist teachings, Sikh teachings, uh, recovery, what, uh, you know, the wide variety of things that we do, the best way to do that is to become a member of Truth Seekers Union by going to truthseekersunion.ca and you can become a member there. I'm really excited to share the next chapter. That's where uh, I start exploring some of the spiritual practices that really help me uh, to maintain uh, sobriety for the first time in my life. Also some stumbles that come along with that and, and what leads us to where we are now. So this is the conclusion of part two of my recovery journey. Looking forward to part three. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to give a comment or a like or a, he a heads up or whatever it might be. If you're seeing this after the live recording, please give us a subscribe, hit the subscribe button um, and share the work that we do with your friends. The audio version of the podcast will be out Friday, so you can catch it on Friday. Uh, and I think that's it for today. So I love you all so much. Thank you for taking this journey with me. It means the world. And I hope that it will benefit you in your recovery journey, in your healing journey, in your spiritual journey, wherever you might be. Uh, I just want to remind you that there's always hope. There's always grace. Thanks for being here. Wahiguru Jika Khalsa. Wahiguru Jiki Fateh. Bless. Thank you.